0: Welcome to the second episode of this podcast, By His Stripes. Um, if you listen to the first episode, you'll know that this is a continuation of that. So if you haven't listened to that, you should probably check that out first it will make a difference for understanding the context of today's episode but um we're just going to finish the discussion that we started with Sophia Dupuis um, about her testimony and some different things involved with that um so I hope you all enjoy okay so some questions overall real quickly so like um so you said you, like, you believed in God from the very, like, beginning. You never, like, doubted his existence. Mm -hmm. Was that, like, brought about by, like, a church that you went to, or, like, did you have an environment that was, like, a Christian environment? Did you hear about the gospel when you were a kid, or, like?
1: Yeah, so, um, I mean, because, like I said, I was in a private christian school um until fourth grade and i we went to church i was always in sunday school so i mean i always heard about jesus all the time i knew the bible stories i knew john three sixteen. i knew you know jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose from the grave like i knew that but i like it was just so like robotic to me mm-hmm. because yeah. i knew it since i was so little and but i mean like Nobody ever had to convince me that there was a god, which I find really interesting, honestly. Like, I just always well, knew. Like I yeah. never doubted. I was just like, yeah, that's completely it that makes completely sense makes sense. With the creation. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, there's like no other option. So I mean Yeah. Did gotcha. that answer the question? I yes. don't even remember what else. No, that
0: that's that's perfectly fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um and then I just want to touch really briefly on, uh, the whole self harm thing, Mm -hmm. because that's something that's, uh, personally like, um, it's a part of my life too. So I like, feel like, it's something that should be shared about in a very, like, appropriate way. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, we don't want to get, like, graphic with it or anything. But, yeah. like, can you explain the thought process behind someone who's intentionally hurting themselves? Because I know a lot of people who have friends who are struggling with this, they just can't even, they just don't under, even understand where mm-hmm. that would come from, how, it, how you said, like, it logically made sense at the time. So can mm-hmm. you explain a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, it was, like, Like I said before, I was trying to, I guess, just feel something else. And I was just so, like, I was just so angry and, like, I hated everything that included myself. And I guess I was, like, taking that hatred out on myself by doing that. Um, and I was just, like, I also, I think it was a cry for help in a lot of ways. Um, I I always wore a ton of bracelets all over my wrists. Um, not because of that. It was always just, like, my thing. I still have some on one of my arms. Um, I love just, I don't know, whatever. But not important. <laughs> but I remember, like, in classes, like, I, like, make a point to, like, shift them so that yeah. you could, like, see the cuts or something mm-hmm. and, like, hope someone would notice. And, yeah. like, because, like, even though, like, you put up the front, it's, like, You just...
0: Yeah, there's a difference... You need
1: help. There's a difference
0: between doing it for attention and doing it for help. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Because, like, you don't know how... You're so young, like, you don't know how to... At least for me, I was only, like, 13. Like, you're so young that you... You don't want to reach out or you don't know how to. But you want someone to ask. But you you want someone to ask. You need someone to notice. And that was a big part of it for me. And, like... um.
0: Oh, I so really like thought, but yeah, so I don't remember. How did that impact like how did the self-harm impact the people around you while you were battling with this or like after you told them? Or did it impact them at all? Like did anyone even find out or like
1: Um Nobody ever noticed, so no one ever knew. Mm. Uh so I mean, I don't think it did impact anybody just because no one knew about it. Um but I know that, I remember the first time I ever went to, like, a therapist, my mom sat in on the first meeting, and he had me check off things, like, on a list to try and, like, give me a diagnosis. Mm. Um, I ended up being diagnosed with major depressive disorder. Eh. Sorry, that's not a joke. (laughs) I make jokes. It's a way to deal deal with
0: the nervousness. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, But... Yeah, so he just had me check off things that either I was, like, struggling with or, you know. And I had to, like, really uncomfortably sit there next to my mom and check off, like, suicidal thoughts, Mm self-harm and stuff. So, I mean, like, that's when she found out. Um, I don't remember her whole reaction. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, it's, like, I I can't imagine being a mother and finding out that your child is struggling so terribly like this and hurting themselves like this. I would Mm -hmm. feel like... I would just feel so terrible. I'd feel like I'd failed as a parent. Yeah. Like, I would just feel absolutely horrible. So I can't even imagine what it put her through. But, um, yeah, I would say it didn't have a big impact just because mm. I didn't actually, like, tell people about it. I That's just kind of hoped people would know. Yeah. It, which so, was
0: illogical. <laughs> yeah.
1: Read my mind.
0: So on the opposite spectrum of that, when my parents found out, it was... I saw the reaction, and I remember mm. the reaction. So... I don't know. I think it's important to mention that, like, these things that are in your brain, like, very logical and seem like the only way at the time, like, self-harm or suicide, those are things that will affect other people. Oh, yeah. Like, very greatly. They affect your relationships with the other people. Um... So yeah, do you mm-hmm. have, I know this is kind of like really off the top of your head and I'm throwing you under the bus here, but do you have any scripture that <sighs> helped you like looking back at the time, like anything that you think would have been helpful to have scripture wise? If not, that's okay.
1: Um, I think probably one that I can think of Archimedes, be quiet. <laughs> oh, wow, those are really ugly. Laugh. She named her stomach Archimedes. It's growling, okay? So, so that's why I said that. Just for the context. Okay. Anyway, um, one that I can think of is Psalm 139. Um, for those of you who don't know what it says, it's basically just talking about, like, how intricately God knows you and designed you. Like, literally talking about, like, ...from before the foundations of the earth, he knew you... ...and he was already planning every day for you... ...and, like, when you were in your mother's womb... ...he was crafting you and just loving you so perfectly... ...even before, like, you were even a thought in your parents' minds... ...like, all that, and saying, like... ...like, the number of the stars in the sky... ...or the number of the grains of sand on all the beaches... Like, obviously, none of us can count that, and, like, that's the amount of thoughts that he has for us. Like, he's constantly and individually thinking of us every single... Like, wow, wait, I meant to say single and second at the same time, and it did not come out right. Every single second of every day, like, he's somehow focused completely on each of us individually, which is, like, so bizarre. Don't even try to wrap your head around that one. (laughs) But, um... I, that was the scripture that the first time I told somebody about my addiction, it was actually that 2017 summer at Camp Crew when I really realized, like, I need help, um, and I need to be open finally, um, but it was, um, this unit leader, Amber, and she, um, she showed me Psalm 139, and I remember it was the first time, I had read a few verses of it before, um in recent in like previous years, but like I had never actually read the Psalm itself. And she shared this with me. And I remember it just completely like changed my outlook. And it's still scripture that I go back to all the time that I always share with others. I even got to share it with one of my campers this summer who was struggling with identity issues. And like, it was, it's just such a great piece of scripture to go back to. Um, But I think I definitely would have shared that with myself If I could go back and be like, here you go, (laughs) little Sophia. (laughs) Ew. Um, Because, like, it's just showing how much God loves you, how much he cares for you, how perfectly and intricately he designed you, how much thought he put into every bit of you. And I think that definitely would have shaken me. Um, Because I think a big part of self-harm is also like this really sick romanticizing, romanticization, however the heck you say that, Mm -hmm. but, like, you tend to romanticize it, um, especially at such a young age. Like, I was 13, and I was, like, I knew, I had friends that did it, and I saw it online all the time, Mm -hmm. and I was, like, well it must be okay and it's like it's this sad kind of beautiful yeah. like no that's yeah. very terrible so so coming straight you know? off of
0: that like what are some things that bothered you about self harm like first off were there any stereotypes that people like put on you or said about it when you were around or like even just literally about self harm itself and like how it made you feel um can you shed some light on the ugly part of self-harm that people that maybe are considering it or that hear about it, they don't see it because they've never done that before. Yeah. And obviously, again, we'll try not to be too graphic, but mm-hmm. like I don't want you to feel afraid at all about no, like being yeah. real or raw about it cuz mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So, I remember like in class, like in science class in middle school, like you're at like a square table with a bunch of people, at least for me. And I remember there was <clears throat> these two guys at my table who would, like, I don't know. I feel like these days there's so much more awareness about it now, but back then um, it was thrown around as, like, a phrase a lot, like, like, this is so annoying, I'm going to slip my wrist or something. Mm. And that, like, triggers me just saying that. I just don't like even saying that. But these two guys would always, like, say stuff like that, and, like, there was this one day where one of them was, like, I'm not going to, say the girl's name he was talking about. I'll just say, like, Angela. I'll pick a random name. Like, sorry oh, to any Angela. Sorry to any Angelas out there. <laughs> I'm sure you're great. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. No, sorry. But um he was like, oh, Angela's voice makes me want to, like, cut my wrist or whatever. And, like, I got so mad at him. And I just, like, fired off. And yeah. I was like, that's not something to joke about. I, re- I really... Always hated it when people would make jokes about it and take it lightly. Mm-hmm. It's like when people say, "like oh, this is like so annoying, I'm gonna kill myself." Yeah, I hate it when people do that because it's like it's you a real have issue. you have no idea yeah. the reality of that. Like there just there could be someone right across the room from you who's thinking the same thing in a completely different way,
0: or a, like it's a way worse issue, and they're like, yeah. well wow, like gives me an out."
1: Yeah, and so. like. You could be saying that, like, haha, ha, and they could be thinking it for real, like, I'm going to kill myself. And it's, like, it was the same thing with that. Like, I was always so upset by people who made such lightness of it. And it made me feel really, like, kind of invisible and inferior mm-hmm. and, like, really self-conscious because I was, like... Well, no one's noticing that I do it, but if they do, what are they going to think of me now? Yeah. Because when you hear people talk about it like that, then you think you're going to be judged mm-hmm. if you tell them. Yeah. So you don't tell anybody, and that's a big issue because then it just builds up, and you convince yourself you can overcome it by mm-hmm. yourself, and you can't.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, you just can't, and, like, that's just a big issue. And like I said, I mean, these days I think there's a much bigger awareness of it. Also, people are very sensitive now to everything. Yeah, that's So, I true. mean... It can be good, though, in the sense of now people don't joke as much about that,
0: Mm. you know. For me, there was, like, a lot of, as far as self-harm itself and, like, how it made me feel, more so than the stereotypes, there was a lot of shame afterward. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, a lot of numbness like numb hopelessness was followed. And it was kind of weird because I didn't really recognize it during the time. But like, Mm -hmm. I just thought for sure that, okay, I just like, what did I just do? And God can't use me now, like after what I've done. And I was like afraid to go shopping with my mom because um, like if I'm trying on clothes and she's going to see everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I was really ruled by like a fear, um, even at the younger age that I was at, that like no one would want to marry me because this like, this ugliness that's on me now, like forever. And, um, like I felt physically sick, um, nauseous throughout the day, especially like at church, um, when they would start talking about like, even just them talking about like how good God was and different things that I struggled with, with recognizing God's goodness. Um, like it made my hands shake. And so like self-harm is not something that is this, uh, sad beauty. It's, it's a, awful thing that people use to cope with, um, the things that they're struggling with instead of turning to Christ. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, so another thing I'm going to kind of start closing this up here, but like, um, you mentioned how, like the thing that stopped you like that really convicted you to stop self harming was how much the the soldiers have spilled for others. Um, like how much blood they spilled for others, and how much blood they spilled for our freedom, and how that relates to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I wanted to name this podcast by his stripes, is because in Isaiah 53 5, it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And I just thought that was like such an incredible reminder that we're healed by his stripes and not by our own. Um, and he's given so much more like i I don't want to be rude to people who are still struggling with this and i I need to be sensitive about it but in some sense how dare we you know hurt ourselves and be trusting in our own sacrifice rather than christ's sacrifice
1: absolutely so and like the bible talks about how we are the temple of god like our bodies don't belong to us so it's not at all our place to abuse them in any way, not even just self-harm. Mm. And, yeah. um, like, so often we forget the fact that, like, like the same Shekinah glory of God that was dwelling over the tabernacle in the Old Testament literally lives in us. Yeah, like that's crazy. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and... He is real, he is alive, he is moving and living and breathing within us. And that same power that lifted Jesus out of the grave, that defeated death itself, is what lives in us. And we are so equipped to, you know, to be able to overcome. And, like, it's only by Jesus' strength. Like, it's it's only through him. His victory. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like... It's only because of that sacrifice he made. So it's like, like you said, like, it may sound harsh, but it's the truth. Like, how dare we abuse ourselves like this when, like, I mean, I, um, for those of you who don't know much about second year, um, we have these things, this assignment called message manuscripts, and, um, we basically write like a sermon and give it in our groups. So mine was on Hebrews 12, one and two, um and Hebrews 122 is one of my favorite verses it's looking into Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God and that verse is just so amazing to me because it's like through everything that he endured like he was tortured so tremendously to the point where we can't even imagine it and like literally just like physically ripped apart, like the whips were not just little pieces of leather there were mm-hmm. shards of glass metal pieces of things that literally ripped his skin off down to like the muscle and the tendons mm-hmm. and he was spit on he was mocked he was he had thorns shoved into his head he was hung on a cross for goodness sake and like that's that was the most terrible way to die like and all of that and he also took on all the sin of past present future of the human race on his own shoulders and became separated from god for the first time in all of eternity he did all of that and he still like with everything he endured he still willingly went to the cross he still willingly died he definitely 100 percent, could have called upon the angels of the lord and been like hey y'all yeet me back up there <laughs> He could have definitely skirt, done skirt. that. Yeah, he could have skirted right out of there. Yeah. But he didn't. Like, he willingly went because he knew the joy that was coming. He knew the glory that was coming. And that same glory, that same joy is coming for us. Like, we have that too. We know what's coming. So, like, because, like, if he was able to endure everything that he did and he still pushed forward and sacrificed himself, then we absolutely can per- persevere too. And take up our cross daily and like that's just I don't know
0: sorry that was like a I feel like that was a random tangent but no what a great way to end the podcast (laughs) so (laughs) um, anyways I love talking more in depth about that kind of stuff Um, for those people listening uh, if you have feedback on what I can improve or what encouraged you about this or any ideas for topics that you want to hear discussed feel free to let me know um, Cause I do want to do more of these. Mm. So, anyways, yeah.
1: And for all you real life people listening, um, I mean, if you know what I look like, <laughs> I was <laughs> I was gonna say um, she's got black curly <laughs> hair, brown, dark brown
0: curly <laughs> hair and glasses. <laughs> I
1: have Harry Potter glasses. Anyway, not important. I mean, it kind of is. Anyway, I was just gonna say if you have any questions you'd like to ask me or like anything you need help with or just anything you'd like to come to me about or if you're just interested or whatever if you want to chat or if you just want to be friends i freaking love friends same yeah be friends with us please i'm
0: (laughs) I'm introverted so people are scared of me i think like they think that i hate them i don't it's literally just my face okay yeah but yeah anyways
1: i look like i hate everyone but i I I promise i don't
0: yes okay but yeah so i'm glad that's established yeah (laughs) (laughs) so
1: i'm open to any of that if anybody wants to come up to me at any time Even if I look like I'm mad, it's just my face, I promise. Um, So, yeah, feel free to do that. Anyway, take it away, Jess.
0: (laughs) All right. She ended it without (laughs)
1: saying goodbye. I paused it. Oh, wow,
0: that's going to be So we're starting again to (laughs) say goodbye. Bye, guys. (laughs) Bye.